recording. Welcome back to Energizing yeah, Bitcoin, welcome baby. Welcome back to Energizing I'm back. Bitcoin. I'm back. I wasn't here in episode three. Ooh, thank goodness. Technical difficulties. Yeah, we can control the pace and won't be so boring to people. Everybody <laughs> was roasting you for the seven-hour yeah. podcast uh, marathon you did seven. last night. Yeah, it was actually probably the shortest one out of it actually was, yeah. three we've done. Yeah. So We've already been here for an hour. So I know. <laughs> yeah. We're probably uh, recording the whole time. Like behind yeah. Oh, we have been. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is going to be all the clips. <laughs> <of> the <code. laughs> This All podcast. the promo clips are going to be us talking about what we were talking about, Max. There you Watch go. Out. Podcast brought nice. to you by Subway Batteries. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Got the microphone worked out. Um, all right. So, yeah, we're at the Texas Blockchain Council Convention again. And so that's why we're back on the casting couch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a good event, though. Let's, yeah, give, them, let's give them a shout out. Man. It's yeah. been a great attendance. Uh, I feel like really high signal. I think, particularly on the Bitcoin side, I think everybody's yeah. just as stoked as ever. Well, it's a good time with the FTX stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I I think that's going to be a catalyst to people understanding the difference of Bitcoin and everything else. Yeah. So I think it's probably good in the long run, but um, kind of sucks when you're going through it. But we got Andrew Birchwell with uh, he's the founder and CEO of the Ohio Blockchain Council. Uh, they just got going. I'll, I won't try to talk about it. I'll let you talk about it. And Max Sarazen with Standard Power, the founder and CEO, founder and CEO. So he is <laughs> a uh, <laughs> super sharp guy. I can't wait to talk to him because, and he's got a lot of energy too. So fired up, dude. Thanks no, for, I'm super thanks excited for doing to be it, here. Man. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, uh, was, I'm excited. Where Two of my start? favorite people, man. I just met Max in Ohio. What, like, yeah, September. the Amplify event. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Which we well, talk about that too. I'm telling you. If we did anything, it's to convince people Columbus is a place to go, man. I, w- I loved Columbus, actually, man. I had a blast. I hated that I had to miss it, to be honest with you. Everybody Dude, was, I had so much FOMO. Uh, I, it was fun. It was it was surprising. It was, And I'm not trying to knock it, but I'd never been to Ohio. Like, no. I'd never been to Ohio at all. It's a common misperception. Right. Yeah. It was, man, it was fun. I had a good freaking time. Are you, are you in Ohio, like, too? So um, I'm from New York originally, okay. but our operations are in Ohio. Okay. And so we've been preaching Ohio for so long, you know, and everyone has this concept of Ohio as like this average plain state, but it's the complete opposite. It's actually a state that celebrates its diversity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's not flat. It's got rolling, beautiful hills. Yeah, I love it. I love the record. Yeah. <laughs> we shot our American Shale documentary out there with EQT, and, and oh, that yeah. was my first exposure to that entire area. I loved it out there. It it's was awful. I don't remember who it was but it was an athlete who was like yeah no we don't have to oh i think it was burrow that's what the image i had though when he was like yeah no we don't have to worry about like uh covid it doesn't change anything for us because like no nobody goes out and parties here anyway so <laughs> that's what i was expecting but i had a good time in club. i was out to like 3 30 in the morning it was a good time well, that's funny, i was very responsible though <laughs> he, he grew up next to the biggest party town in the states that's funny that you said really that. Yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. it was burrow i don't want to get it wrong no, but right. i love joe burrow so he's a good ambassador yeah for the state. he is yeah, andrew man. what's your I want, I want to talk about obviously the genesis of the ohio blockchain council Absolutely. but also like I'll be honest, I actually don't even know your background. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep that to myself. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a uh, geologist, geophysicist okay. by training, right? So I was studying at Ohio State and we were looking at kind of novel energy technologies like methane hydrates in offshore environments, right? Mm-hmm. So I started working for this company in Columbus, actually, that manages most of the national laboratories for the Department of Energy. So they were very involved in federal research, these uh, commercializations based off of new energy research technology and development, right? So mm-hmm. we were focused on carbon sequestration. That was a large thing, right? So for 20 years, we were studying what happens if you're trying to decarbonize in an energy industry that is going to always be throwing carbon in the atmosphere. What do you Mm. do with it, right? So before Elon was making bricks out of carbon, right? We were saying, well, let's just put it back in the ground, right? Where we found it, right? So, you know, my mentors were people who were really developing this idea to give to the Department of Energy to say, hey, let's spend money to study this more, right? Back in the 90s. So we were basically one of the first groups in the country to take that carbon, sequester it back in the ground in a super critical state mm. in, a, in an order of, uh, you know, millions of metric tons, right? So we were the first to do it, to take it to the Exxons, to the Chevrons, to mm. the Equinors of the world and say, look, if you're trying to, you know, let's say live in this world of ESG, here's how you can do this. Here's mm. how you can still make money. And now we have these carbon markets developing because of this technology. Mm. So I was a program manager for a 20 state consortium of researchers, universities, private industry, et cetera really say, look, let's just take a whole of industry approach. Let's use government funding. Let's use private funding. 
let's figure out how to do this in earnest and then let's take it to the market and say, let's scale it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was basically the impetus of how I developed in an energy environment. Mm -hmm. The energy is really what led me to Bitcoin. And we can get into why that is. I think we, we will. We will. That, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that either, man. Yeah. I knew you're a geologist. I didn't realize that though. That's, that's a big deal now. So everything's about the rocks. And yeah. well, and thinking back to the nineties, I did not realize that was something that are doing back then. So well, that's the thing. And I think what we're learning and what we're trying to accomplish within this you know, organization mm -hmm. with our mission for Bitcoin and within this industry is how do we take these new concepts and get them in front of large stakeholders who maybe don't understand them, but can get the research oriented apparatus mm -hmm. of the federal bureaucracy of the research institutions of the universities of private industry and say, let's work together. Let's figure out what this really means, how we can really do something impactful for the world mm -hmm. through this technology. Right. So I'm very excited about that. I think you know, as with all things we're learning as we come to these conferences, mm -hmm. people from their individual perspectives, backgrounds, expertise are just coming to Bitcoin and saying, I'm here to help. Yeah, How can we right. work together? Right. So right. I think it's the coolest thing. And totally agree. Texas Blockchain Council was the example. That's why we're here today is let's learn from those that are doing this out in front first and best. And then we just want to take the model, go back to Ohio and say, look, guys, you don't know this is coming yet, but it's coming and we're here. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome, that. man. Oh, that is good. That's that's super cool. Max, what's your background, man? Oh, man. Varied background, but uh, essentially I'm a developer. I'm okay. uh, out of New York City. We've uh, either principally or co-developed over $2 billion worth of projects in the city. We have some cool skyscrapers. We have some cool projects in Soho on the Upper East Side. We also did a project in uh, South Beach where we bought out an entire city um, street uh, on 13th and West Ave and uh, created this beautiful uh, project there. So I was always involved in sort of larger scale projects, larger scale capital markets. And in parallel to that, I was working um, with Frontier Markets and doing energy development. So we did a big project with General Electric and uh, the Russian government at the time, <laughs> before the Russian uh, sort of government became this really bad name. Um, and of course, all super sad what's happened since then. And obviously, all my thoughts and prayers go out to mm -hmm. everyone affected by the horrible events. Um, but essentially, back then, before all that happened, um, we focused a lot on using natural gas as a way to bypass, uh, bypass a very inefficient grid. Mm. And in that way, you could use some of these uh, modular technologies, mm. uh, you, you know, on sp site generation, uh, whether it be from the last kilometer of gas line or from a localized gas mm. field, kind of like we're talking about now with the fracking concept. Right. Uh, sorry, with the flare gas concept. Right. So that led me to to appreciate the grid. Right. Yeah. It led me to appreciate power scale and how big mm. it is, because ultimately you don't need more than like five, six megawatts for like a humongous shopping center. Yeah. So when you really think about sort of like the scale of Bitcoin and thinking about like hundreds of megawatts, that's when I realized, you know, when the first S9s came out, this is all going super industrial. Mm. Right. They're not getting cuter and smaller. Mm. They're getting you know bigger and louder and meaner. Yeah. You know, and these things, you're not putting them on a kitchen counter here. You're putting them not even in the garage anymore. You're putting them in another place altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And even putting them in a shed. You can, right. So ultimately we realized that, you know, this is 2000, sort of 18 in the beginning, that this is all going industrial. And that's when we sort of started standard mm -hmm. power, leveraging my background in real estate and power development. And um you know, ultimately, the, the, that background helped because the kind of things we're doing mm -hmm. now in terms of industrial redevelopment, it's uh, it's so complex. There's so many layers to it. You need to draw on a very, you know, multidisciplinary mm -hmm. sort of all the lawyers, engineers, account, like all the different people involved with the environment. It's it's a lot, you know, and so yeah. that background's allowed me to do that. So here I am. Well, and so, look, I, I don't think enough people know in Texas, at least, uh, about standard power, much about it. Like, can you do you mind giving an overview of, of like your operations and all kind of what y'all do? Yeah, absolutely. So Standard Power is a development company, and what we do is we redevelop industrial facilities that have been retired, and okay. people don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. But the thing that they offer you is existing infrastructure, right? And not many communities want to have an additional substation or additional industrial facilities in a greenfield property, right? There you see you seeing a nice beautiful field. Now you're going to tell them there's going to be this yeah. thing. Like, no, mm -hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> so, but if you come in and, and redevelop something that's already industrial, right? And something that's been applied to the community, they don't have any idea what to do with these things. But to you as a developer, as long as you have the vision to see it through, it gives you a low basis, right? And it gives you all the infrastructure that's there and a community that is welcoming you because you're doing them a huge favor. You're taking away this plight, you know, that's the source of crime and it's, it's the other mm -hmm. things. And turning it around into a product, you know, it's a, uh, a useful type of an uh, enterprise. Mm. So for them, it's great, and that's why we thought, you know, looking at that type of a business model made sense as opposed to going out in greenfield or doing some other things. 
the start because we thought that that was the way that we would make the most impact, but also from a business standpoint, find a way to make it the most economical. Mm. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, so going in and essentially retrofitting old school industrial stuff. Well, de- demolishing them. Oh, yeah. demolishing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. not retrofitting. Not retrofitting. Yeah. No, no. Using the same footprint. No, yeah, using the same footprint. Okay. That's sort of where some of that complexity is because you know some of the old uses for these things. If they're you know people say oh you know they used to create this many jobs yeah but like an old paper mill our first project in uh, Coshocton, Ohio also create a lot of nasty smell mm-hmm. right yeah. the paper mill smells like sulfur it's disgusting it's terrible man horrible you, you know? ever been to yeah. international falls minnesota no like go, crossing over to the camp dude it freaking you know I mean? stinks so bad Coshocton, ohio was supposed to be the capital of ohio one point it was under strong consideration but you know those type of industries it's hard to grow a city that is it has that natural restriction mm. and so people you know and this and this um paper mill has been around since before you know they ended um uh, uh, before slavery, you know, uh, and so it, it, the, these communities are so used and, uh, to these assets being there as part of just their DNA, mm-hmm. and it's so hard for them to think about, like, how, how do we change this? What else could this possibly be, you know? And so when you come to them and say, look, you can actually redevelop this whole thing, and this thing that you thought was going to be a play can actually take you to the future, pretty cool. That's awesome. It's very unique. Like, the, they are... Everybody's in the mining space, it feels like, was doing a lot of the same stuff, right? Everybody was just kind of, you raise money, you go find a spot out in the middle of nowhere, try to build this new facility, all these different things. They're one of the only groups I know of that is like looking for old distress, like specific things that that are already existing and kind of refurbishing them into a Bitcoin mining facility. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys are actually building mining facilities itself. So oh, not yeah, just sure. not just like the power in the substation. For sure, that's right. So yeah, first, tell me your thesis. Like on yeah, on, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, those little masks. So <laughs> for us, so for us, basically the way we thought about it is: so if you're a miner, you have two decisions, right? Do you focus entirely on mining, or do you focus on infrastructure as well? And that all comes down to your risk reward of your capital base, all, right? All this is where I think. Sorry, sorry to jump in, but I told you I would. But of course, this is where. It, this is the difference to me of what like the existing miners and where the future of it would be is that mm-hmm. you got he's got it. and like guys like you get energy too like the general being more generation being of, but, more vertically in right area. right and understanding like that's okay. where your power is and you got so many options that come off of that too that's right. yeah. and, and and owning your own self gen is sort of a second mm-hmm. level beyond this but even just to connect to the grid and to have your own infrastructure right because when you're talking about 50 100 megawatts you're no longer plugging this thing into the wall you know you mm-hmm. have a humongous facility and if you think about like what is an you know what is fifty megawatts in, in concept, it's not a huge amount of mining, you know, sort of a nice a level, but it's also an arc furnace for a humongous you know uh, steel mill, you know mm-hmm. that that's hundreds of acres, and mm-hmm. and 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 so when you have these type of this scale of demand, you have a different stakeholder base. You, you know you have your interconnection agreements with your utility. That's you know you're essentially deciding and and how to optimize connections to entire cities know that level of scale that involves so much community support so much community development so we figured you know instead of sort of forcing it upon them mm-hmm. you start from the beginning and explain to the stakeholders what's going on explain to them why this is awesome explain from the very beginning and then once you're opened up to with the community support then you can have as much scale as the lines can carry essentially mm-hmm. right as opposed to sort of forcing it upon them and saying hey listen you have all the stuff that's going to be new you have no idea what's going mm-hmm. on you know so we we thought that this community first approach is important, but it also allows you to really focus on on, on re- the redevelopment of the asset because if you come into a community that's so small and you don't engage with them, you know they'll create permits out of thin yeah, air. You know right. what I'm saying? You'll just yeah. be stopped. It's the same thing so, the oil and gas side. That's yeah, right. exactly. So yeah. and that's the thing. So a lot of our investors actually from Texas are oil and gas uh, uh, guys because they understand this community mm. development approach. They understand the the large capital asset approach. And you know, for us, if you think about Bitcoin mining, it's it's very similar to data centers in the sense that it uses the same infrastructure, but it requires the absolute most efficient type of infrastructure and mm-hmm. service. Otherwise, you're just not going to stay in the network. Mm-hmm. And where do you find that? Right? You can't go into like in Ohio. There's New Albany where Facebook and Google are, but land is very expensive there, mm-hmm. right? But if you look at these industrial sites, they offer a perfect combination of economic upside for the miner as well as for the community as well, right? And so for us, we thought about all the different ways of, okay, do we do co-location? Do we do any of these things? And we ultimately realized that you have to own the asset. Mm-hmm. And with the asset comes all the environmental liability, right? And so you have to be very careful, but 
because there's all these risks inherent to it, the last thing you can have is community resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, and being a developer from New York City, you know, let me mm-hmm. tell you what community resistance means, and it reasons and it means everything, right? Because then you're late on your interest payments, mm-hmm. you're late on your on, on all your investor requests and all this stuff. So ultimately, if you in an industry, especially that's such a such an immediate demand for mm-hmm. you know immediate action, right? Because because yeah. havings come in and they wipe mm-hmm. out. You know half of your revenue so you have to have as maximum mining as possible also the cheapest way as possible and so you need to have maximum efficiency and and to be able to find all of that we realized that looking at these communities and and, and taking an ownership position but by taking ownership position taking a real stakeholder position improving the mm. schooling program you know talking to local authorities and talking saying okay how can we improve traffic flow whatever mm. it takes right how can we think about you know municipal heating systems that can combine it to this sort of thing in every way, because then you're no longer a mystery, right? Mm. Then you're no longer like, who is this? What is this phantom money they're talking yeah. about? You're just now a data center company that's focused on you know smaller cities as opposed to bigger cities, and that's mm. it. Mm. And that allows people to sort of not be nervous about it and to hear out the pos- you know, all the positives. Yeah. And so you get your low basis, you get your community mm. support, right? And it's a nice. I'd imagine one of the challenges that I've that I've that I've heard kind of from the community is that, especially when you're approaching investors, it's like, oh, we get either. You know the Bitcoin mining side, we don't get the energy mm-hmm. side, or it's like we get the energy side, and we don't get the Bitcoin mining side. Oh, listen, the investor community is totally. I mean, listen, not only that, plus you have to wrap it up in cryptographic explanations mm-hmm. yeah, of you know yeah, shot yeah. two fifty six and what that means and why we need the power to begin with. Yeah. Right. So there are a lot of layers, and that's mm-hmm. something we've been talking about: is that how do we educate people about the value of this? Mm-hmm. How do we explain cryptography that's simple to understand? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it, and it's sort of you have to find a balance between how far do you go down the rabbit hole with people. And how far do you say, look, this is just the latest iteration of the latest technology, and this is the type of thing that essentially requires you to have a power use that is what it is, you know? Um, I personally think that the more we can explain the concepts, the difficult concepts to people, and the more we can find a way to explain really abstract concepts to to people that are, you know, I don't want to say your average person, Mm -hmm. but the better it is for us. Mm -hmm. And I like to try to explain cryptography to people, you know? And I like to try to explain that you know, you have um, you know a certain minimum you know amount of power you need to draw, uh, you know, to be able to run processing. But those type of things and those type of education programs and those type of um, you know that type of an approach, I think, really ultimately helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That uh, well, I'm sorry, go back, but the community stuff you're talking about, I'm at, that you guys are obviously helping a lot with that with the blockchain council and like so what, and I'm at. I mean, I met you at Amplify. I've known you a while, Andrew, but I met you, Max, at Amplify, but which was a great event. And I mean, why don't you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Just kind of tell them what it was, and of course, and what you, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Texas Blockchain Council. But yeah, you've worked closely with Lee, I'm sure. Well, they're the example, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. you know, as, as much as I'm an Ohio guy, I'm not going to yeah. be antagonistic. Texas is yeah. the start; it's the place to be. But I think you know what Max was talking about, really, which is you know, the different levels of stakeholders in that mm. community support. I think. What I noticed right away, and we heard the mayor speak about this event, yeah. which thank you. I'm really thrilled that people were happy about the event and can't wait to do it again yeah. next year. Hope to see you there. Uh, we, I'll be there next time. Yeah. 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 You don't want to miss like going out afterwards. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was a good time. It, uh, good time. It, the, the community support really was what struck me. And the mayor telling the story about this uh, you know, Madison Avenue, New York guy yeah. coming to small town, rural Ohio, and saying, hey, you know, we want to build in your town. And I think you know, what was interesting to me was hearing him say that you know, we were skeptical and, and it may be that necessarily the mayor doesn't understand cryptographically secure, you know, hash algorithms and SHA-256, et cetera. He doesn't need to, just like I don't necessarily need to understand how email works to use it, right? right. What, they, what they said and what they did was we took a chance on something new uh, in, a, in a legacy environment of manufacturing and industry that had been dispirited. This is what I noticed right away. And, and Max told the story really well, was that this was a, a population of people that once they lost the paper mill, which... You talk about getting mm-hmm. kicked while you're down. The paper mill, you know, dirtied the groundwater, sunk up the town, and then it left. So they yeah. lost all the jobs, yeah, the right? Jobs so go yeah. Right. So, you know, when we were at this uh, site visit, the ribbon-cutting ceremony, and I spoke to a man that worked at that paper mill for 25 years, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to see what it was. That I know that man doesn't know Bitcoin. I know he doesn't understand <laughs> what it is. But he came to the site to see it because he said, I'm just glad mm-hmm. there's something here, right? So this, mm-hmm. to me, was always a story of, revitalizing a dispirited population and community of people. And I recognized pretty immediately, if that mayor was willing to take a chance in this industry, I know there are a hundred other small towns all over the state that could do the same thing. And that's why I asked him at the event, 
what would you say to other mayors that might be, uh, let's say, skeptical or, or not necessarily leaning into this? He said, just be willing to, to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Take a chance mm-hmm. on something, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Which that goes back to what you guys were talking about in the car. Like, hey, mentioned, <laughs> say that again if you can, because I'll screw it all up. <laughs> but you're a conservative from New York that went and did that's a right. deal with a Democrat in a, a very conservative, conservative yeah, county, right? right. So right. that's the, that's the thing, and that's you know. So one of the things that we talked about, and Ted Cruz said that mm-hmm. very nicely today, is ultimately one of the things that can unite us is this concept of hey, you know, despite of all of our differences, we're here for our families because mm-hmm. we're here to support, create jobs, create wealth, right? And ultimately, how you, what kind of family you want to have, that's up to you, right. you know. But the fact that we're here to support that, and yeah. that's something that. You know, and, and what Andrew was talking about, you know, when we came in to look at the site, we asked him, like, why didn't you make it into a special opportunity zone? Not that we care. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make a decision on that. But, you know, I don't know if yeah. anybody knows special opportunity zones allow you to not pay any taxes as long as right. you sort of hold it for 10 years and over. Yeah. So sort of perfect for this, right? And, and, and it was free. Essentially, mm-hmm. any governor can go and apply for this thing. And there's no reason they would get rejected, mm-hmm. basically. And I remember what they told me. He said, well, you know, we didn't think anyone would pay attention. We didn't think anybody would care, so we didn't even bother. Yeah. They said we had no hope, mm. and that's it. And they didn't even do it. And that struck me like, I, can you believe how low people yeah. feel to not even try to do something free right. that could attract right. their salvation? You know, mm. and and that's when I realized this is something way more powerful mm. than just like, hey, let's find an efficient you know environment. For yeah, man, I honestly think that's the biggest area of education that needs to come is not even just that, but like just there are some real moral cases even for Bitcoin mining and like Absolutely. humanitarian type issues for Absolutely. Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. And and it gets overlooked because of where we live. You know what I mean? We, we don't have to deal with the same problems that a lot of places deal with. And, mm-hmm. of and like electrical grids being very vulnerable. We're, ours is more vulnerable than we like to pretend, but um, you look in places, I refer to El Salvador a lot just because I go down there, but El Salvador and places like that. It's like what we're doing now could actually, will actually help prove up the case of what Bitcoin can Absolutely. do for the grid and then you can outsource it to other places. And I know we're going to Marshall on at some point talk about Africa, but that's a reality. That's all real stuff. And like bringing no help for jobs and refurbishing right. things. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's resiliency within the grid. But I think, and I say this a lot to people, we talk a lot about banking being a bank. And when we mm-hmm. do that, we look outward and we say, well, what about Africa? about Latin right. America, et cetera. Right. What about rural Appalachia? Right. We don't really talk about that or recognize it as much. No, absolutely. I think this is where we as privileged individuals maybe lose the actual use case that's real right now. Right. Mm-hmm. No Salvador mm-hmm. understands this. People who were yeah. trying to take their wealth out of Ukraine when things got really messy. This is a use case that's useful right now. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to dispirited populations of people that don't have access to the things we have access to, now go to the Ohio River Valley right now and recognize the, the amount of people right now that could benefit from this right mm-hmm. away. You just don't know about it. And this is this is part of the mission that we're trying to affect is let's take yeah. the industrial use case of what we're building to talk about what comes after we build this, mm-hmm. right? Because it isn't just they're using power, which is a tax revenue for the city. It's the city is now talking about how do we incorporate this technology into our day-to-day lives? How do we mm-hmm. get this to be to the benefit of our population, right? So it's it's Coshocton and then it's a hundred other towns all over yeah. the Ohio River Valley that all you need is access to the internet, which we can do everywhere. Yeah, we can do everywhere now. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, if you look at development economics, like one of the biggest problems is how do you develop rural communities, right? Mm-hmm. How do you develop these frontier markets? And, you know, because they're not typically economic, right? right. And, and so, right. but this does that, right? And this is one mm-hmm. of the best ways. And it's, you know, one of the first things that happened when we came in, the lines got upgraded. Right, you know right, right, like, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but that, that's a big deal. That's too. a huge like, deal. People <laughs> ignore some of this stuff. Yeah. It's like the biggest issue in Texas right now is we don't have enough transmission lines. That's right. We don't have enough trans. We can get you, all the new generation. Texas and everyone right, else. Right, right, yeah. You know? I mean, everywhere it's a problem. But it's like we got all this new renewable yep. projects coming online. We don't know how to get the power to the market. That's right. Because there's not enough transmission lines. So it's like. That's a big deal. Like that, that you guys come in and you provide a, a service, lines get upgraded. That's right. So that benefits everyone. That's a huge yeah, thing. Everyone. And, you know, right now there's a whole new substation that they're thinking about increasing by a few hundred megawatts. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Forget about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It can attract pretty much anything. Right, right. The cool thing, the cool thing that's really exciting for me as a sort of a developer in large scale is that Bitcoin gives so much scale relative to other things. Oh, yeah, dude. That you Not can plan, close. you can plan a lot of communities mm-hmm. around. Like people are trying to plan communities around geothermal. That's great. But you can definitely, if you incorporate Bitcoin mining into your 
general sort of facility of your city. Mm -hmm. You can have heat, you can have a power draw that enables mm -hmm. you, like we talked about just now, you know, to, 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 to yeah. add grid resiliency. And ultimately, you create a sub-ecosystem also. I mean, if you think about it, these are tech jobs. Mm -hmm. But, you know, these are, but these are easy to get jobs. Right? These are easy to train jobs. IT, basic IT, basic electrical things. These are things that any community can generate. Mm -hmm. So you're not bringing a bunch of high paid people from out of state. You're bringing in the people and you're helping the local schools generate those people. Mm -hmm. And they can. And that's really the very exciting part because it's the longevity of it. Right? It's not some transient thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a way for the community to really get excited because... Now they have a reason to get excited. Right. Right? And I feel like Chad's been like the greatest Oh, he's been good. the greatest spokesperson yeah. for that. And yeah. going out to um I forget the I forget the town right outside Rockdale. Austin. Rockdale, yeah. 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 No, yeah. Ryan's done a great right. fantastic that they like are leading how you know mm. we, we had a slight engagement. Leader, but of right. course, yeah. what they've done is, is fantastic. Yeah. And again, you know, a lot of people gave him a lot of crap because of what happened, you know, you know, they bought Winestone back then and mm. you know, they're them and Marathon had totally different sort of strategies in terms of where mm. you go. And I think the way that they're looking at it, very large scale sites, because you get that, you know, the maximum mm -hmm. sort of economies of scale, but then you also have maximum effect on the community. Right. Because at that point, when you're investing so much infrastructure, right. and building a school doesn't become so overwhelmingly like, yeah. crazy as a proposal is if you're doing like a five megawatt site, mm -hmm. you're not building anything yeah, at that point, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. That is true. And, and the word is ecosystem, right? And I think this oh, yeah. is the right way to start thinking about this, right? Which is uh, Brandon Quittem's Bitcoin is my ceiling argument really lands with me because what we're doing is we're seeding the ecosystem through this initiative. It's not just Bitcoin mining. It's what gets built around it and after it through this process, right? right. And so now we have these federal initiatives. The Department of Energy through the Inflation Reduction Act, which of mm. course is the most aptly named bill in the history of America. <laughs> in inflation uh, yeah. Acceleration Act. Yeah. Some call it. <laughs> but they just put out a, an RFI for a billion dollars to um, electrify rural communities, right? Uh -huh. And they're looking for information about how can we do this most effectively. And I know that those people are not thinking that. Right. They're, I was going to say, you know how much. But to us, it was like, yeah, ding, like ding, 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 ding. You know? It makes the most sense in the world. Yeah. So this is, I think, our mission. It's in, in what. Chad and this guy's at right do really well is tell a good story. Mm. Talk about how this isn't just about making a good business and building the biggest Bitcoin mine, but how do we redevelop the community and then yeah. how do we do it over and That's over right. and over again? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you think about like we have a hard enough time getting people to understand why Bitcoin has a value. And then you throw on it, getting them to understand Bitcoin mining actually has a value. And I think it actually has more of a direct value to people on their everyday lives more immediate even than Bitcoin does. For sure. And, you know, well, that's the thing, I mean, the thing that people just have to remember is that the processing and the secure network is the value, mm -hmm. right? Everything else is derivative of it. If we lived in a perfect world where nobody got hacked, everything was secure, we didn't need to trust mm -hmm. anyone, yeah. it'd be great. Bitcoin, right, right. we'd have valued at you zero dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But um, sadly and unfortunately, we're in a world where we're so desensitized. Every How many people have gotten hacked? How many times do even, they mm -hmm. even report, like, oh, a billion you know, person hack, like billion right. dollars Nobody even cares yeah. anymore because it's like, oh, yeah, of course, my, I'm probably 10 of me out there somewhere. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But oh. that's that's why Bitcoin's so valuable is because ultimately it's just information security. It's, inform it's And for me, it's exciting because ultimately it comes down to the fact that each Bitcoin is 100 million Satoshis and each Satoshi is a key value pair. And mm -hmm. when you get it to Lightning, there's another thousand sort of uh, division. But ultimately a key value pair is just your secure bit you know your secure link of information that's mm -hmm. cryptographically secured to the SHA-256. Dude, but the point what? is, <laughs> but but the point is that if you think about one of the coolest things about SHA-256 is that you can transfer 2.3 exabytes of data, right? And and the point is, and it's like one of the perfect compression algorithms, and that's why the whole concept of Bitcoin is that you know it, it, to mine it, you know you're using this power. Like, well, who cares? You're using the mathematically mm -hmm. most least, sorry, least amount of power possible because you're creating the most effective efficient mechanism to store sort of in this in the in this probability cloud right of 2 to the 50 256 and 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 using this technology is, is incredible right and so i think all that combined is um is something that allows us to have all this efficiency but i, I told you he's super smart <laughs> sorry the the other question i want to get was the uh, the shop at the paper mill like what is the size what like what are you producing I, 
Tell us about the actual operation. So it's 50 megawatts. Yeah. Um, we have, it's cool because we basically have the ability to act as a um, as a test site for all sorts of, so our next site is 700 megawatts. So on this Ooh. first site, we have all sorts Maybe. of different tech. We have like a, a, a Quonset hut style design. We have container design. We have containers with no, you know, um, uh, that you can stack. We have uh, immersion cooling. And so it becomes sort of like a showpiece. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also part of the, you know, the city. And so we, you know, we're able to, to um, you know, to put together you know a nice marketing package yeah, for the you rest guys do of tours it. and all that. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and a lot of people come to see it because essentially a lot of we've invested a lot of money into the way that you know mm -hmm. to make it top notch. Mm -hmm. Because for us, we figured you know if we already have a low enough basis on the land side and on the infrastructure side, you can really have you know sort of a showpiece, and mm -hmm. and that's sort of how we like to look at it because our investors are institutional, our clients are institutional, and so um, we think we've done a decent job of you know. Of, putting that site mm -hmm. together. Now, of course, we're excited for the next stage, which is we're developing. When do you think that'll be? So we are um, already doing work. Uh, Conesville mm -hmm. in, in Ohio is a 1.8 gigawatt former coal-fired power plant. And that's super Man. exciting because yeah. we're able to show that you can take old, retired coal-fired mm -hmm. power plants as an owner of the site and then make it more economic, like two to three years ahead of schedule, which mm -hmm. allows you to, more, to accelerate coal-fired power plant retirement, yeah. which isn't such a bad thing, you know? Man, that's... And, that's awesome. So we're doing uh, so we're doing 50 megawatts of immersion there, mm -hmm. um, starting in sometime in uh, May, mm -hmm. and then we're doing another um, 100 megawatts uh, of uh, hydro, uh, yeah. the Bitmains hydro. Are you using the Bitmains? Yeah. Ones? What do you think of those what's miners? So so M53s. So so there. So it's interesting because you know right now it's it's all about um, how your price point is versus the mm -hmm. infrastructure that it requires because yeah. the what's miners and the Bitmain uh, uh, miners they do require. Slightly different infrastructure, yeah, like cooling racks and all that. It's, right? it's because the the what miners are hotter, sort of right. on, the, on, the, on the exit. But bottom line is, if you're looking at immersion, it's sort of a little different. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so, you know, with with the hydro, it's it's this sort of single phase, right, within mm -hmm. the miner, and then you use the water outside. But we're one of the few sites on, in the U.S. that actually can use the water technology, mm -hmm. right? And it's yeah. one of those other super awesome things about Ohio is that the environment, right, is mm -hmm. is, is this incredible thing. Um, where there's not a lot of dust, not yeah. a lot of humidity, it's it's cool, um, and so you know, so for us, it's it's it, these that's your two, like way of talking shit on t West Texas, isn't so, it? So, isn't it, Max? So listen, so listen, I I gotta say, we we come we 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 come right at Texas because yeah. Texas is the standard, yeah, right? right? And so you know, for us, I do like to compare Texas to like the Ferrari dealership that has you know that sells fifty thousand dollar Ferraris. It's all fine and well, except the parking lot's empty. There's like 30 gigawatts of demand you're yeah. saying here, and there's no way Texas is getting 30 yeah, gigawatts. No, there's no way. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great, but, you know, mm -hmm. more, you know, incentive for Texas to generate. Right. But listen, Texas has done a fantastic job, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think some of the things that it could use, like a capacity market for more grid stability, is one of the few things I think it could learn from PJM. But ultimately, it's done a great job. I mean, mm -hmm. the full deregulation mm -hmm. is awesome, and that's something we hope for sometime in Ohio. Is the Blockchain Council going to help with that? Oh, we are absolutely. It is on. Come on, Andrew. We are. Uh, it is. And I think you know what, what gets lost in kind of this exuberance is that one of the largest Bitcoin mining facilities in the country is about to come to Ohio, for instance, right? So we get to tell that story. That story becomes a wedge for us to say, look, this is just the beginning of what's happening. Yeah, and then that's right. we get to say, hey, weather's a little better in Ohio. We've got groundwater in spades, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, and really the story I've been trying to tell is Ohio has everything. Mm -hmm. I think not uh, Texas is out in front for so many reasons that it deserves to be and should mm -hmm. be, right? But you get to West Texas, it's a different environment, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. very different. Water well, here's, is not good no, out there at right. all. So you but, talk about corrosiveness yeah. in the groundwater and right. those other things that people don't really right. think about. And then all of a sudden, Ohio becomes the premier place to be yeah. doing this. And, mm -hmm. and we know it. And this is, you know, when Max and I that's first right. talked, I realized I thought I was bullish on Ohio. Yeah. And this guy from New York really sold me <laughs> yeah, on But that's the thing. Like you have to, when you t take into consideration all these things, like for example, Fans mm -hmm. on containers, right? Say air cooled. You can't not use fans here. Yeah, you have fucking to. using the fans, yeah. right? Fans are three and a half to seven and a half percent of your utilization, depending on the efficiency of the fans. That that's a big deal. <laughs> that's yeah. an equivalent of mining. Then convert that back right. at about a dollar and a half per megawatt hour from your uptime per percent, yeah. and then you're back to like, holy shit, I'm not efficient at all. Right? You know, that's so, a, see, that's the stuff. People don't think about there's there's you think little about things stuff, like you know? that like if you especially look at now with the mining profitability where it's at it's like dude two percent three percent seven percent that's right. Just, well, listen, is that why you guys are looking at the immersion? 
to, oh yeah, we love immersion. Mm -hmm. I mean, immersion essentially, like what people, the biggest misconception about immersion is that it makes things more efficient. Mm -hmm. The only thing, it doesn't. The only thing it makes more efficient is that your use of the mining box and your use of the container box, you, you, you just draw more power, you draw more compute mm -hmm. from the same footprint, mm -hmm. right? It, you, but your actual joules per terahash actually like go down a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, oh, sorry. Reverse they become less that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, they go. So basically, you know, it's 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 great though because full immersion has no water use, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so or very little, much less, right? So like we we focus and there's two types of immersion. There's single phase and there's this, this uh, two phase. Mm -hmm. So we focus with a company called Liquid Stack on two phase immersion, but really for data centers, not so much for mining because it's a little too you know for us. It's, it's all about cost management. Mm -hmm. And two phases though now showing to be more resilient than single phase with a lot of single phase systems sort of breaking a little bit now on yeah. people, which is pissing people so you, off. So you guys are doing mining, but also doing data centers. And I've heard that from multiple people. How do you make the decision of which one to do? So anytime I have to decide really hard, I go for both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you just mix them together? So for us, the concept is the time of delivery, right? So for Bitcoin mining, you can put them into a site that's just starting to be developed and nobody couldn't give mm -hmm. them chance, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're, you, you're not putting a nice data center with a nice campus that they expect yeah. into something that's like half a developed site, because, you know, half, you know, or a demoed site. Mm -hmm. And so the cool thing is that you can make the sites economic by putting Bitcoin first. And then following up with the data center, that has a longer lead time of marketing anyway, right? And so that's the thing. And for us, using immersion cooling for data centers is very cool because if you look at data centers traditionally, they're really complex. But they're really complex because of the air management. Mm. And they're structurally complex because you have to put heavy-ass HVACs mm. on the roof. But when you get rid of that all with immersion, you really sort of simplify the building. And mm. so you have this really cool way of sort of you know, going into the future, but in a very efficient way that's much more profitable. And so you do want to combine both because ultimately traditional data centers, they're restricted by how much absorption there is in the market, mm. right? Like you can't just plug in a data center, just mint money if you're like Bitcoin, yeah. shit's impossible. Yeah, you know? yeah. But for data centers, depending on if you have that absorption, it is a really good balance because you're doing like five to $10 million a megawatt mm. as opposed to for Bitcoin facilities without the miners. You know, it's about like five hundred thousand or something. Wow! So, so correct me if I'm crazy. wrong. Right? That's a big difference. That's different, but you, it's a different pay profile, yeah. different client profile. You know, yeah. you're not. You know, it's it's a whole different thing, right? It's right. a totally diversified thing, but utilizing the same exact infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And we like Ohio again for one yeah. of the reasons is that there's a lot of places you can, but fiber, right, and right. Fi and latency is so key. And so for us, you know, the the, the corridor between Columbus and and, and, and Pittsburgh mm -hmm. with the dark fiber route and and being there. Is also such a benefit because then we become an operation that is multi-dimensional. And to the community, that's also great because they then see, like, okay, they're definitely not one trick pony. Right? Yeah, all yeah, this yeah. stuff happening. Right. And that's when you get the jobs multiplier to really mm. sort of kick in. So the so on the on the Bitcoin mining side, it's correct me if I'm wrong, but it's safe to say that the immersion setups is significantly more capex, much longer payback on Bitcoin mining, but on the uh, data center side, it's significant. Them, yeah. It's significantly cheaper than having the massive HVACs right. on. Okay, that's right. When you I look at it from an efficiency standpoint, probably. Yeah, right? and I mean these things are also. I mean the PUEs on this thing yeah. are like one point oh three, like data center. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a wrap. So that's the thing. But your capex is more on the immersion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but, but it's come down a lot though. Of course it has. Yeah. Of course, yeah. and it continue. It will continue yeah. to right as things become more standardized, mm -hmm. etc. Right now things are still sort of bespoke a little yeah. bit, right? Right. And so, but we think that if you understand the systems now. You'll be the leading understander mm -hmm. of the systems yeah, later. Right. You know when did you guys operations first kick off? So uh, we started in 2018. We bought, mm -hmm. and then we got MGTI and Blockchain K2 in uh, mm -hmm. uh, early to mid 2019. So we had to kick out, not kick out. We agreed um, mm -hmm. to uh, part ways with MGTI at the time because they had a. Uh, McAfee as their main backer, so oh, that was yeah. like, oh, that wasn't, you know, yeah. at first they're like, wow, this is great press. They were like, oh no, this, this is terrible press. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. The Netflix documentary comes yeah. out. <laughs> like, Sorry, fellas, <laughs> gotta go. Um, but then Blockchain K2 we did a deal with, and then we self-mined, you know, 200 miners who give a shit though. Uh, got us to do our systems, and so mm -hmm. that forced us to, to have all of our own systems underwritten, to do all the, our own systems, and, and so we've been mining, you know, sort of tiny bit for self just to make sure mm -hmm. we have it. And then that's allowed us to sort of grow. We had a huge deal. We signed with Cypher for 200 megawatts and then Bitfury sort of let Cypher down. Oh, yeah. And then that whole, so we have to, so our current site is actually, you know, it was originally designed for Cypher and then we sort of mm -hmm. had to change it around. Cypher ultimately had to obviously choose to 
support the site mm-hmm. they had ownership in here in Texas. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the next things for Ohio Blockchain Council? Like, what's your guys? What are you doing right now? Yeah, right now, what we're trying to do is build the organizational capacity mm-hmm. to really move at scale in 2023. Yeah. This is my mission coming into this was let's take the lessons learned from Texas and let's grow a little faster, but not too fast to be mm-hmm. able to really come to fruition as these industries are being developed in tandem within the state, right? So we have a tremendous base of foundational partners mm-hmm. and support, and we're very lucky in that way, I think, because Ohio, for whatever reason, was an existing enterprise state that was keeping to itself. Mm-hmm. So we've built the apparatus. We're working directly with the Ohio Chamber of Commerce to start making this a legitimate industry within the state very quickly. And so I think what, one of the things we've been talking about with Standard and some other partners uh, mm-hmm. is how do we institutionalize this idea in a way that really speaks to people who are maybe non-traditional stakeholders like the legislature, right? So right. peer-reviewed research. How do we really show, hey, this is a great resiliency and economic development play and maybe you just didn't realize. And how do mm-hmm. we take that to the AAPs of the world and say, Know, this is to your benefit, right? So right. I've been doing a lot of work trying to get Ohio State, because of course, yeah. as a Buckeye, yeah. I'm going to do what I have to do to get them involved to say, <laughs> let's find the researchers who are at least adjacent to blockchain, to Bitcoin, yeah. whatever it is, from the finance department, from the engineering department, from public policy, for instance, and say, let's convene a study. Let's really look at this and let's put something on paper that we can then take to people and say, this isn't just some fly by night idea. This is a legitimate enterprise. This is something that's going to be to the benefit of the whole state. Mm. And we need to start moving faster, right? So then we take university research and we start applying that to funding mechanisms, whether it's from the state, mm. the federal government. And then all of a sudden, it's not just standard power building their own things. It's right. the government itself saying, yeah. look, we want to be a part of this and let's figure out how. Yeah. So I think one of the things I'm kind of keeping close, but really would like to work on is how do we take what Fort Worth did? take a city within the state mm. and make them a Bitcoin miner of sorts, right? And I yeah. think it's really great that, again, Texas gets to say it's first. Right, and, right. You know what I mean? But at the, at the same time, I'll rub elbows a little bit with them. We use three S9s, right? Well, so let's, gonna, let's, <laughs> let's do it a little bigger and better. I, I wasn't going to throw them under the bus, but yeah, you I did. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, I, I we can do it a little bit bigger. Yeah, do it a little bit. Four S9s. Yeah, we're going to get four S9s out there. You can get a real we're gonna, You know what? We're going to get 45 terahash from us. I'm really proud of this. I just respect Fort Worth because I think they took a chance on something. Uh-huh. And again, this is something where how do we find those stakeholders who want to take a chance on this and say, all right, well, now's the time. You know, yeah, it may be right. that this industry is sort of a dark cloud over it because of all these other mm-hmm. things. But actually, like you said, this is the moment to talk about why Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. This is the moment to talk about why self-custody. This is the moment for us to really say, look, this is uh, inevitable. It's here to stay. And if you're not leaning in now, you're going to be behind. Right. So right. that's. That's my mission for 2023 is really to organize, throw another great event like the yeah, in the right. fall, you know, and, and really try to showcase why Ohio's the wait till the fall. Well, look, do I think, in the spring, man. Yeah, well, don't you know, the I fall. don't want to overshadow in power again. I'm not trying to. Uh, <laughs> no, man. You can never overshadow in power. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, and by the way, shout out to Digital Wildcats for helping. Thank us you. Out, yeah, thank this you. Were awesome. You guys did a great job. Yeah, we we tremendously thankful for your support. Hey. The fact. That together. Listen, let me tell y'all something that I mean it's on the podcast. I guess everybody's gonna hear it. But listen, <laughs> Empower started off as a backyard barbecue, literally really? at our nice. office. That's awesome. And then through people like you and through Mario and through Justin and through just the rest of this community, it was like there was so much hype and we we're like, we we, we can't do this as a backyard barbecue. This is gotta <laughs> be like we've gotta find a venue that can house this That's many awesome. people. And it was like introduction after introduction yeah. after introduction. So I say that to say that we've just been like the platform and just facilitated it, mm-hmm. but it's really a testament to the the community that has wanted it. And there's so much demand and just thankful that everybody rallied behind us and, and made that a good event last year and hopefully even more amazing next year. No, it's going to be, it's going to be sick, man. Well, awesome. and, and like we were talking about the other day, I think what happened there, what's happening here, what we're trying to develop in Ohio is an organic process of people with their own self-interest showing up and helping, right? Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is it can't just be me building this organization and we have tremendous support from our backers, but this is an organic industry that yeah. we're all just showing up to and saying, all right, I'm here. I've got this skill. Let's see what we can do. Has That's the right. membership been grown a lot? Absolutely. Really? Every, every yeah. week I get a new call from somebody that yeah, says, like, I don't quite know what you guys are doing, right. but I know this is coming and we want to be a part of it. Right. So, and again, why we wanted to work with the Ohio Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. was to say, look, you know, we may be something that you don't understand, but we've got traditional stakeholders who are ready to lean in, ready to lean in quick. So my whole idea about what's coming is that Ohio you know, Texas is always going to be Texas. It's mm-hmm. not really a swing state. People yeah. talk about, well, it's going to turn, you know, purple. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I don't think it's right. going to. But at the end of the day, it's 
it's going to be what it's going to be. Ohio yeah. is the pivot state in a general election cycle. And if we're able to make Ohio a Bitcoin state within the next two years, mm. and if Bitcoin is uh, of you know national prominence and attention coming into a major election cycle, then all of a sudden we're at the position where we get to champion Bitcoin, right. Bitcoin mining as an industry and say, you know, we're doing this for these reasons, the right reasons. Right. And, you know, not just this is the place to do it, but this is the, the country to do it. This is the mm. industry that's going to move the world forward. And all of a sudden we've turned the tide, I think, in terms of well, the narrative. Right. And helping it not be such a political issue. That's like right. we don't want it to be a political it's party, like that's platform right. issue for one party versus right. the other. Like if anything, we need the, we need the Bitcoin party. Right. You know? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what we've been talking about today is that it actually is a uniting factor, right? And what mm-hmm. you were saying is that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a conservative from New York, but I came to a conservative area mm-hmm. and was able to work just fine with a Democratic mayor, mm-hmm. you know, in Kashokton. And it never came up. Yeah. Never. Right, right. It doesn't because when you're aligned on mm-hmm. purpose, yeah. you know, yeah. on progress and helping the kids have a better future, yeah. that stuff doesn't matter. It falls away. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, and I know this might not sound great. Maybe it gets edited out. But, <laughs> but I, I, I don't like the federal side of it being the focal point of like the talking points because the reality is the states matter, it's the localities state. matter. And that's like, 100%. And that's the reality for so many things in politics is that we get, we're so caught up in like, you know, worrying about who the president is, who this that's is, right. man, go vote so you can that's take right. care of this city. That's right. More state power to the states. That's right, right. right. And, and this yeah. is the thing. This is the, they impact you on a daily basis. Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's the whole point of the states. I mean, right, you should right, right. Move wherever you want right. freely within the United yes. States to yeah. live in a place where you agree with them. Yeah. So it's like, that's where we need it to be. And it's good to know that like places like Ohio and um, what's his, what's that mayor's name? He was pretty, he was solid. Mayor Mark Mills. Mark Mills. Mark Mills. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Right. He's amazing. Right. Right. Well, and, and I do think this is the era of the governors. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we sort of went too heavy federalized. And I think that's coming back to the states a little bit. Yeah, it annoys the shit out of me. Well, it, why, it, but... it, it should, right? Because yeah. I think things are inefficient when they're centralized. And this is Bitcoin in a nutshell, right? We're in a, the effort of decentralizing power structures such that we all have a little more say in our day to day, whether it's from a money perspective, whether it's from a rules perspective. So having an executive leadership team in Ohio that, mm. you know, they may not necessarily be forward facing about Bitcoin, but we got the lieutenant governor to come to a ribbon cutting for a Bitcoin mining facility in Ohio on a week's notice. Right. Yeah. I mean, that mm. really, to me, spoke to how they're looking That's at this cool, yeah. in. Right. Yeah. So yeah. If, if I'm encouraged by anything, it's that we at least have a state jurisdiction from a policy perspective, from a, a legislative perspective. Mm. Right. They passed a, a pro crypto bill i think is how they phrased it right mm. it's neither here nor there we'll, we'll fix them one of these it's, days it's, one of these days by the way about the first i was the first to pass a law that you can right. pay the business taxes on a bunch of them like 39 or something of in them. bitcoin so, yeah actually the partner website it, it ended up shutting down because there was so little use which is mm-hmm. so stupid this, you know <laughs> but the point is that the state initiative the initiative yeah. was there and that's when we were actually raising money back then mm-hmm. we we're saying look what you know right. our state is fine i don't know about new york yeah. but these guys are good yeah. and that was so important to us you know mm-hmm. because ultimately you have to commit so much capital you're right man that like that that helps investors get over a hurdle 100%. because the biggest hurdle they have every time i talk to investors money is, is what's going to happen like i don't know what how this is going to get treated and That's if the right. state is signaling by passing legislation like that it's like that how much better of a that's signal right. can you get? And that's so. the thing when we're talking about like this is a big asset test for, uh, for for states because you know this is like manna from digital heaven. Right. It's money out of nowhere to change everything. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. if you welcome it. Manna out of digital, digital heaven, <laughs> dude. Hey, there's gonna have to be like Adam Power. That's the headline. Manna out of digital heaven. I like, I like it. I feel like that's like an activation that we make of just like, did, right. like Bitcoin just yeah. falling from the sky. Yeah, I'm making a meme for that, man. That's a good one. Well, and we actually got that message not in those. Little Words. I would love to <laughs> Actually, I'm going to start an entity with that man. Like, <laughs> I've got the website down. <laughs> we, we have the lieutenant governor speaking at this ribbon cutting, and I think Dennis Porter, shout out to Dennis for coming out, by the way, because mm. I think he's a tremendous champion. He's done a great job. Yeah. Yep. But he was in his ear beforehand, and then the governor, lieutenant governor gets up there, and he's giving his spiel, and he's saying, look, this was a town that used to be a paper mill that used to print money. And now we're putting Bitcoin mining facilities in here that yeah. are also printing digital money. And it's something we're thinking about, right? Yeah. So that's man, cool, man. Heaven, I think I think this yeah. is a concept they can grasp quickly if mm-hmm. we show up, if right. we talk to them, right? right. If the right. right people are in their ears saying, you know, it's Bitcoin, not, mm-hmm. not blockchain. It's, right. it's, it's Bitcoin, not crypto, right? right. All these things, right. which 
you know, we get we get our foot in the door with blockchain. A lot of mm. people give us a little grief about this. You know, why didn't you call it the Bitcoin Council? And I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm like, on board. I'm a maximalist. I'm yeah. the same way. Uh, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of people that aren't going to come to the table mm-hmm. unless we use, you know, semantics that they're a little more comfortable with. Right. And then we use that opportunity right. to tell to them educate. Bitcoin. That's right. 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 Exactly. Plus, Bitcoin is blockchain. So, right. like, you right. know, everything else is also blockchain. Right. Right. You know right. uh, yeah. Thank you, Max. <laughs> I agree with you. That is true. And it, it's that stuff will come. I, I, I don't like the infighting that there is sometimes because of semantics, but it's all about the messaging and and what you're trying to do for the industry. And, and that like Lee has been a proponent for Bitcoin mining in Texas has done a great job and fantastic. you guys are doing it as well. So I don't care if you called yourself freaking, I don't know, whatever, but it doesn't Ohio matter. Atlanta. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> just Atlanta from heaven. So it's, it's good. You know what I mean? That's as right. long as you're advocating for the, the health of the industry and, and moving things forward properly and make sure, like I, I've said it a lot, um, we're going to get regulation. There's just no way around it. You're going to get it. FTX has really ensured that. You know what I mean? That's going to come. Um, but we need people like you guys and you guys um, to advocate and educate to make sure we get reasonable, rational regulation. And that's right. If we don't, then you, that's how you end up with the irrational regulation right. that is, kills the industry. That's right. And regulation isn't a bad thing necessarily. No, you know what no. I'm saying? Like It'll it, help with adoption and investment. That's the point. Like so, it, it, A lot of institutions are on the sidelines because right. they're like, we don't know. Like I can't invest right. $20 billion into something. I have no right. regulatory site. What's going to happen to my investment? That's right. Like, so, and when you, don't have, you know, when you don't have a framework to even think about it with your legal team, like you just won't do it. You yeah. Know? And so ultimately, it's exactly what you said. It's mm-hmm. about guiding and educating the legislators. That's what we're doing. It's just mm-hmm. everything we can. And Dennis, and you know, mm-hmm. we're working closely with him too, in, in the sense that you know, this isn't something you need to be afraid of. This is something mm-hmm. you need to understand. And this, these are forces right. that you can direct for the good of your community. Right. So shout out to Ted Cruz because Adam Power, we were talking with his team, and they were like, "He'll come." He has one request, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Cool, what is it?" He was like, "Can you put together twenty to twenty-five of the top miners that are going to be there in Power?" for a nice little session the next morning over mm-hmm. breakfast. And so we have about three, three and a half hours and he comes in, his whole mm-hmm. team's in there. And we've got everybody kind of represented. Um, we all go around the room, talk about what we're doing, what we're working on and stuff. And he's just sitting there the entire time, just taking notes, yeah. taking notes and taking notes and had really, really good questions, really thoughtful questions. Mm-hmm. And the team chimed, chimed in with a lot of different things. And so to me, it seemed very genuine that he was truly trying to understand mm-hmm. this space. He was asking, you know, how do we regulate this? Yeah. You know, yeah. his wife was chiming in stuff. So he was great today. He explained yeah. Bitcoin mining, like all the benefits, yeah. you know, of point generation for, mm-hmm. envi- you know, for renewables. He was great. So you could mm-hmm. see, you could see that he really did, yeah. you know, make an effort to understand it and seize the benefit. And I I've, I do agree. I agree with that. And, and I think from the past year, even like in January, um, there was a house hearing on you know, cryptocurrencies and, and energy use and all that. And uh, it was more of an educational type hearing. Do you remember it? It was late January. Um, well, I did have a chance to visit with a lot of the congressional offices about kind of questions and things like that. And man, I'm not gonna lie, like they didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, like it, sure. it was it was green, real, real green. Where it's at now though, I've already seen a dramatic education uplift on like That's great. the staffers. Right, you know what yep. I mean, and they're they're ultimately those are the keys, those right? Are the keys. Yeah, right, of course, right. right. The guys, yeah. these bills, they're like ten thousand pages. No one's right. reading, no one's reading like, it. Yeah, <laughs> no one's reading that stuff. I, none of them are. I don't no, care what they no say. Way. But, but yeah, like the staffer level is really improved awesome. from an education standpoint. So that's great. It does have a lot to do with like you guys and Lee and those folks getting in there yeah. and making sure that they're working with those people. And yeah, I know, I know. There's you know, there's different crowds in the Bitcoin world that want you to you know not visit with politicians whatever and i there it's a fine line nothing's ever black yeah the politicians represent you right you know what i'm saying like if you if you want them to represent someone not you know Mm -hmm. not in your interest then that's your fault right and it it goes back to even the constituencies we got to keep educating because they vote on these people that's right we still have people that are asking where are the pickaxes right yeah we do we do but you know we've committed to doing a quarterly update you know mm-hmm. on our end with the legislators doing an annual update then we're looking forward to it mm-hmm. you know we're working very closely with other, you know with other organizations and that's the point like what we see is and in, in ohio is this interesting dynamic between sort of the ohio manufacturers association mm-hmm. that represents the people that use the power and the chamber of commerce that represents all business right mm-hmm. so ultimately also the utility 
And so we become, and the Bitcoin miners become a nice pivot to bring it all together and mm -hmm. to say, okay, this is how we can make us all work, right? right? And so I think what we're trying to do and what was happening in Texas, but what I think everyone else around the country should do is to have these regular meetings, right? Mm -hmm. With all the councils that they're having at their local state levels to really understand, explain it because again, it, it is just about getting in front of them. And mm -hmm. the concepts ultimately, when you say it enough times, like you're like, oh wow, I can explain cryptography pretty quickly. You, right, know? Yeah. It, you will get it, you know, and people mm -hmm. will get it also. It's just about putting the work in. And yeah. that's just really what it comes down to. Well, shameless plug for us doing this. I mean, this is the yeah. entire point, right? It's, yeah, it's, edu yeah. it's right. education. Content is the highest form of leverage in this generation. And so obviously I love what we're doing, but it's not just up, like everything is so decentralized these days. We all have phones, mm -hmm. we all have the ability to have social media. That's right. And it's up to us to tell these stories. And I've gone on stage multiple times and talked shit to the oil and gas industry. And I <laughs> yeah. said, listen, y'all looked, I was like, it's, it's you guys, you the gray hairs, you look to mm. the Exxons and the Chevrons and the APIs, yeah. take control and like put up, you know, content and, and have this narrative and it didn't work, you know? Yeah. And, and look where we're at now. And right. I was like, so make up for it. What are you doing now? You have a cell phone, you have TikTok, mm. you have Instagram, yep. you got LinkedIn, yeah. put you up the content and tell <laughs> those stories. And so it's, it's literally, it's up to all of us. T Speaking of TikTok, I give you a plug for my boy Mardo Toches at the El Salvador Embassy. That dude, he's like becoming a, a TikTok star. Nice. Just, yeah, he's getting all. I think he's got he's got like two hundred thousand followers now or something. He's got the yeah. dance down. Yeah, he told me he hasn't danced yet. But oh, oh so wow, like, he's famous without the dance. Without that, what a That's guy! Serious oh, business, yeah, serious stuff. So well, and I knew we needed a meme budget right away. Right, this is yeah. the game. Right, this is the economy we're yeah. in. Is we need to tell stories, but we need to tell them effectively. Need to be clever we need to be mm -hmm. out in front of i think a younger generation right absolutely who are going to be the staffers the workplace right. congress people. it's right. going to be the younger generation just graduating right so reaching them through stories through experience right you guys do a great job of throwing events that people want to go to and i i think That's i said right. this on twitter and you put yeah. it on your promo like yeah. i don't think i want to go to another energy conference not thrown by digital yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, they're boring man yeah. Yeah. Okay. good job you know people a lot of people don't like, if you're not in it and you're just like freshly exposed to it you kind of like don't get it but if i once i sit down particularly like with now that we're working with some of the largest brands in the world and you sit down and, and they understand kind of the why behind it mm -hmm. and it's like you put yourself in the shoes of somebody let's just talk about the oil and gas side in particular who's like maybe been indoctrinated to you know to hate oil and gas and it's been demonized right. their entire life and maybe they google some of this stuff yeah and we hope that our content comes up and it's stories of people who are working in the industry in, in mm. the industry doing really really hard work uh you know solving some of the world's biggest challenges the energy sh issues that we have mm. today and they're like man not only does that look like cool but it looks fun like, oh, i want to go to do that yeah. like like the, the one of the biggest challenges that we have is just attracting talent that's not just specific to oil and gas but that's energy really as a whole like, you know, everybody wants to go to tech, mm -hmm. everybody wants to go work at Facebook and, and Instagram and things like this, but this is one of the most rewarding industries that you can possibly right. well, be in. And high yeah. pain, it's a good it, pain. Yeah. People, yeah. people forget that the original sort of, the groups that invested first into the semiconductor chips and all that were energy, energy groups, mm -hmm. right? They were the first groups that even before all of the sort of the forward future seeing tech people, it's always the the energy companies because and, and the energy sort of families or you know the, the mm -hmm. because ultimately they have to look at the most efficient technology right mm -hmm. in large scale and and they have to invest into some of these things that require risk that mm -hmm. otherwise is very hard to gauge right mm -hmm. so a lot of the oil and gas companies right now like you're saying really do have this uh, this opportunity where the, instead of sort of saying, okay, we're not going to use energy anymore, we're not going to be energy companies. Let's direct it, right? Let's use a pro let's use it for the proper use that it was supposed to be. And be, you know, using Bitcoin is one of those amazing mm -hmm. things that they have this tool to completely reverse their image by saying we can use this effectively. Right. You know, our right. resources. Yeah, man. Freaking yeah, love Bitcoin, story. man. It's good stuff. That's what I love. I mean, the the underlying common denominator, I think, for me, with both. Uh, you know, energy and with on the Bitcoin mining side is just it's the story of prosperity, yeah. right? You know, and right. how it can completely change lives. And so for me, zooming out macro, it's like I kind of have a hard time thinking about a chapter after digital walk headers mm -hmm. because yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is the most important two things in the world that I should be focused on. Yeah. Right. You know, obviously it didn't start that way. We were just trying to have fun and do podcasts. <laughs> that's <laughs> the best way. Those are the best that, way. That's, that's exactly how right, the best man. things are started. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course. When you're starting just to have fun and do something that turns into something special and cool and that's it and impactful, like that. That's awesome, man. How lucky is Dude, I feel so lucky, and I'm not even getting to do some of the same stuff you do. And I'm like, man, this is just great. Like, we've all, all of us here, honestly, have like made our own jobs and careers, and it's kind of cool and weird. And weirdest 
Just life is <laughs> life in the life, universe man. is definitely like, weird. wild, <laughs> man. Like the stuff that happens, I'm just like Manifold. just roll with it. Manifold. Like digital. Manifold, man. I'm gonna say that all the time. It's man. awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. It's cool. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't have anything else to ask, but you guys want to go get some food? Yeah, let's go get yeah, some dinner. Let's go get some food. I gotta make the speech for 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 uh, uh, Dennis also. To, Announce some of those gifts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. You're going to yell at me. Well, yeah, we better get out of here then. But, right, uh, let's well, get yeah. out of here. We'll catch you guys on the next nice. episode. Yep. Yeah, next thank episode. you so much for having us here. It was super awesome. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks, man. Had a blast. Have fun. <laughs>